Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What did we learn from Sunday Night Football? I'm going to dive into college football and the NFL all throughout this hour. No surprise. It's Monday edition of Outkick the Coverage. What did we learn from that game in Foxborough last night? The New England Patriots finding a way to beat the Baltimore Ravens. A lot in hour one, we talked about what we might have learned about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. One thing we might have learned about the Patriots is did we write them off too soon? I know that I was not very impressed with the last second field goal to beat the Jets, but this felt like a pretty solid beatdown that the Patriots delivered against the Ravens. There didn't seem to be, to, to me, to be anything overwhelmingly unique about what the Patriots did. They ran the ball pretty well. They threw the ball very selectively. They stayed in good down and distance perspectives. They showed pretty good discipline against Lamar Jackson. They didn't push too far up the field and give him incredible opportunities to run the football all over the place. Uh, There was, surprisingly, not that many turnovers in this game, even though it was insanely messy. Um, And look, I don't think the Patriots have a very good chance of finding their way into the AFC East race because the Dolphins look pretty good and even though they lost, the Bills look pretty good. But I do think it's pretty intriguing to contemplate whether New England might be finding a rhythm and being able to start to find an identity. 
and their identity is they run the football. Damian Harris carried the ball 22 times for 121 yards, which was outstanding because there was a lot of question about whether he was going to play at all. And that helped to keep the ball out of the Ravens' hands. And again, we talked about this a little bit in the first hour, but the Ravens, if you get up on them, uniquely compared to almost everyone else out there, really, really struggle to ever be able to come back. And when Nick Folk kicked a 20-yard field goal, I know they wanted a touchdown there, but to put New England up 23-10, to 10, uh, really, the, the, the Ravens never put anything together, certainly not on that final drive when they got the ball back with a minute left, but they never really put anything in perspective where you felt like they were close to being able to take control of this game. And that is one of the flaws, I think, of Lamar Jackson's game so far is if you get him down, it's hard for the Ravens to run that offense and be able to come back and make the plays that they need to make in order to control the game. They have to throw the ball more. That gets them out of their down and distance control. It takes away the read option. And the Ravens now and the Titans for this game coming up on Sunday, pretty massive game for both teams because the Titans have gone one and three in their last four. The Ravens, six and four in their last 10, started off really strong last year. Lamar Jackson was unstoppable, and this year he looks mortal. He looks more Clark Kent than he does Superman. We'll see whether or not that continues, but I'm not as bullish on Lamar Jackson's ability to change the game this year as I was last year or to change the game sustainability with Lamar Jackson is the big question. So that's Sunday Night Football, which I think we learned a decent amount in this uh, in this game. But I teased as we finished the first hour of the program that I was going to talk to you some about the uh, about the college football playoff picture and what we're learning. And first off, right off the top, um, we haven't talked about it very much, but South Carolina has fired Will Muschamp. If you're just waking up, that news came down Sunday evening. Uh, Will Muschamp. million buyout. One of the big questions had been how much were teams going to be willing to fire coaches given the COVID issues and the challenges in the uh, larger budgetary constraints. And so that remains, I think, a significant issue going forward. But I would imagine Hugh Freeze is going to be at the top of that list. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the program. But to me, the biggest story here as you kind of look around in college football is that we've basically narrowed down the college football playoff picture to about eight teams that are still in the mix that could theoretically make the college football playoff. And eight teams may be a bit of an exaggeration in terms of or a bit of an under uh, analysis because there are a bunch of different teams maybe within that context Uh, And so let me kind of walk you through where I would see the college football uh, landscape looking right now. So I think right now, Alabama, it would be a tremendous upset if Alabama is not in the college football playoff. If Alabama wins out and we don't know if they're going to play 10 games or nine games or exactly what things will look like. But if Alabama wins out, and I think the likelihood is they're going to play nine games. If Alabama's nine and oh, even if they lose to Florida, 
it won't really matter in the grand scheme of things because they'll have already punched their ticket. It would matter in the context of what seed would they get, but they would already be in the college football playoff. And then I think, although I'm going to dive into this a little bit and talk about some of the complexities, I think whoever the undefeated Big Ten champ is, I think that team would get in the college football playoff, assuming that they play enough games. And the undefeated teams that are left right now in college football in the Big Ten are Ohio State and Indiana, who play this weekend, and Northwestern and Wisconsin, who play this weekend. So you got Big Ten East and Big Ten West, all those games going on, all right? That is who is left in the Big Ten that would still be in the running, and obviously Ohio State is a big favorite there. I think Clemson is going to win out, including winning the ACC championship over uh, over Notre Dame, okay? If that happens, then I think the most likely playoff is Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson as the one, the two, and the three seeds. And then in the four seed, I think that's where the battle really gets interesting. You could have 11-1 Notre Dame with the only loss being in the ACC championship game. You could have 8-1 or 9-1 Florida with the only loss being in uh, the, or 10-1 Florida, with the only loss, uh, sorry, being to Texas A&M, and then you come back and beat Alabama, in which case I think Florida would be in. You could have Texas A&M if they finish 9-1. You could have an undefeated Pac-12 champ, USC or Oregon potentially, or you could have Oklahoma State if they finish with the Big Twin Big 12 title and one loss. That, to me, is your college football playoff picture right now as we really roll into November. And the teams that I feel the most confident about are really, I think it's going to be Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and either Notre Dame or Florida. That's what I think is most likely. Now, Notre Dame still has several games. They could lose to somebody else. They could knock themselves out. Florida could theoretically lose. Something could happen to Kyle Trask. Something could happen to Ian Book. And if that were the case, Texas A&M is right outside there, sitting at potentially 9-1. and one. Texas A&M, pretty strong favorite to win out right now if you looked at the remainder of their games. And how exactly that would all shake out will be pretty intriguing to follow. But that's the larger context. Here's the big issue. And I'm going to talk with Joel Klatt some about this a little bit later. The biggest issue that I see in general is... I don't feel good about the Big Ten or the Pac-12 being able to definitely crown champions this year because I think they are going to miss a decent number of games and still have a decent number of games canceled. Now, I got to give credit to the Pac-12 for being flexible enough to get a UCLA and Cal game scheduled and be able to do it, but in general... That is a uh, that's a pretty difficult scenario to find yourself in that uh, that you could not be able to postpone games. You basically have to cancel them. And so I don't know exactly what the solution is going to be there, but I do feel like there are major, major issues with the Pac-12 and also with the Big Ten. I'll give you an example. Wisconsin absolutely dominated Michigan. 
And Michigan is in such a difficult spot. If you listen to this radio program, you know that I have argued for a long time that Jim Harbaugh is the most overrated coach in the history of college football. But the challenge in general here, and I think it's a really interesting and difficult challenge, is I don't know what's going to happen with Michigan and how this Jim Harbaugh situation is going to come out. Because I don't think that there are great options for Michigan to replace Jim Harbaugh, but I think the likelihood is that he is going to make a make a choice, basically make a decision to walk away and go back to the NFL. And if that ends up happening, then how exactly does Michigan bounce back from the guy that they thought was going to be their football savior and go find someone new? I just I don't know how that process is going to play itself out. I just think it's going to be Super, super difficult for Michigan going forward. But Wisconsin took it to them, right? Congratulations to the Badgers. Here's the problem. Wisconsin has already missed two football games. If one more team can't play against Wisconsin, then they're not eligible to represent the Big Ten West, even though it seems to me that they are clearly the best team in the Big Ten West. They play against Northwestern this weekend. Hopefully that game will be able to take place. Ohio State now has already missed one game too. What happens if other games against Ohio State also end up getting canceled? This is just a really difficult situation. And I don't know what the overall resolution here is going to end up being. And so whether you're a Pac-12 fan or a Big Ten fan... I think the thing you have to be nervous about is the way that this contact tracing universe is playing itself out because there are, I believe, unfortunately, a lot of possibilities, all of them bad, as to how this scenario can finish. And I talked a little bit about this, but if Indiana couldn't play Ohio State, for instance, there's a pretty good chance if you start to look down the line about how all this shakes out there's a pretty good chance that you could end up with Ohio State not being able to represent the Big Ten East because of all this COVID-related madness. And so, I mean, it's just really unfortunate that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 put their players, coaches, and fans in this scenario where they weren't going to be able to play full seasons because they started so late in October and so late in November. It's just utterly nonsensical, the decisions that they have made. Um, And I think ultimately it's not only going to be a factor for the playoff because you're going to have a lot less games to judge any teams from those conferences on, but also for the Heisman Trophy. Because, look, I think Kyle Trask has been the best player so far in college football, but it looks like Kyle Trask is going to be able to play 10 games. So his statistics are going to be off the charts compared to everybody in the Big Ten uh, in all honesty. And that's why I think the Heisman Trophy, I was just telling you to finish off the first hour, I think the Heisman Trophy is going to come down to the SEC championship game between Mac Jones and between Kyle Trask. And by the way, Kyle Trask has now become the favorite going forward uh, in the Heisman Trophy. Now, I think that thing will move a decent amount between now and then. But there aren't a lot of games that are left to be played where 
you get an opportunity for Justin Fields to really kind of make a statement on the national stage. Usually those games might come against uh, a team like Michigan or a team like Penn State. Uh, There just aren't very, and maybe it comes against Indiana this weekend, uh, but I think there are just uh, large issues associated with that kind of going forward. So uh, we will break all that down for you, continue to probably have a better sort of idea of what's going on in college football than almost any other show out there on a national basis when we come back though we are going to be joined by sean merriman uh former nfl uh defensive player he's got a lights out podcast he's going to talk with us about uh what he saw in the nfl break down some of the incredible performances in particular kyler murray deandre hopkins what's going on uh right now with uh with everybody out there in uh in the uh lamar jackson or kyler murray camp i think that's an intriguing debate uh going forward we talked about that a little bit to uh, to start the program and what's up with russell wilson is he trying to do too much this is outkick the coverage with clay travis hey it's jonas knox and you know o'reilly auto parts you know o o o o'reilly who are in the business of keeping your car on the road o'reilly auto parts offer friendly helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs they've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock either in store or online so you never have to worry if you're in a jam the team at o'reilly auto parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car if it needs to be replaced they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks 
tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their general tires test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we bring in now a guy who knows a little bit about defense. He's Sean Merriman. He is a, a longtime NFL star, now has his own podcast, the Lights Out podcast with iHeart. And uh, Sean, appreciate you uh, joining us here this morning to break down what happened in the, uh, the NFL over the weekend. Uh, I'm going to get into a lot of different games, but I want to start with you here. Are we seeing Russell Wilson pressing too much? in terms of what he's trying to do in the games. I don't know if you were watching or you saw the highlights, but one play in particular stood out to me in the game against the Rams. Russell Wilson, it looked like, might have been able to run the football in. Uh, He certainly would have been able to get a first down as he's rolling out of pocket. He turns, throws across his body into the end zone, ball gets picked off by the Rams, and uh, it felt like that was probably the best chance that uh, that the Seahawks had to really kind of get even in that game. And he continues to turn the ball over a little bit. He was the presumptive MVP candidate. He couldn't have been playing any better early in the year. What's happening? Is he trying to do too much now? You know, it was uncharacteristic for him. Um, yeah. One thing that makes Russell Wilson great is his uh, decisions, his decision-making ability. You know, he's always makes the right decision. Knows when to throw the ball away. Knows when to get down or, uh, you know, get out of bounds. He makes great decisions. So to see this as of late, you got to start thinking that, uh, maybe he's trying to go out and, and do too much, do more than what's asked. And, you know, they have a great cast around him. They got, you know, a great team. So he doesn't have to go out and do the things he did in the past, you know, where he's had to scramble and, and work his magic and make big things happen. You know, just take what's given to you and, and, and move on to the next play. We're talking to Sean Merriman. All right, I, I got a hypothetical for you, but I want to start with the DeAndre Hopkins play. I mean, there were so many different incredible uh, down-the-stretch moves in what I thought was the best game of the weekend by far. First of all, the throw that Josh Allen made to Stephon Diggs to give the Bills, you thought the win on the road against Arizona, was a pretty fabulous throw and play, particularly because Josh Allen had made a couple of turnovers. Prior to that, the Bills hadn't been able to get their offense going for a while. But then, the throw that Kyler Murray made, going out of bounds, basically, off his back foot, and then the catch that DeAndre Hopkins made in the middle of three different Bill defenders. That's one of the most remarkable Hail Mary catches I have seen in the NFL before. You're an old defensive guy in the NFL. What would it feel like walking into the locker room if you've been a member of the Bills? 
oh, you'll be crushed um, because you know in, in those type of situations uh, it's fundamental. Get guys back, you know, put your heels on the end zone and, you know, keep everything in front of you. And if you look at that that play, uh, you had guys that were biting up to short yardage routes that were 20 yards away from the end zone. Like, what, what do you, you know, they had to go and score. A field goal wasn't going to win it for them. So why play up? Why take the cheese? You know, why why go and pay attention to things that uh, that doesn't really matter? Everyone knows in the NFL when those big plays happen, you get back in the end zone, you keep everything in front of you. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. It was a great uh, throw by Kyler Murray. It was a great catch by DeAndre Hawkins. Hawkins, I'm not trying to take anything away from that because that was truly remarkable. But everyone knows that you get back there, you keep everything in front of you. So when you go back and watch the film, you're the Bills, that one's going to be a, a huge gut punch. All right, tough question for you here. You can only have one for the next five years. Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, who's your guy? I'm taking Kyler. Um, yep. You know, because is that a difficult choice at all for you? I mean, we are just coming off of an MVP season for Lamar Jackson, but to you, you just see Kyler Murray being able to do more and take his game to a different level. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the the window uh, is much more clear for Kyler. I mean, he can do uh, everything that Lamar Jackson uh, Jackson can do, but better. Uh, yeah. He has the arm. He's more accurate. Uh, you know, he knows when he uses legs. I mean, they, they're both fast. But at the same time, you know, he's a quarterback who can run, right? He's not looking to run. I mean, Lamar Jackson is a runner. You know, yeah. you watch him, you sit back and watch the game. Uh, you know, he, they got a bunch of misdirection plays and things going on. They need to a, 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 a put in the offense for Lamar Jackson because he's not an accurate passer. Yeah. Kyler Murray, man, I mean, he, we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg, what he's capable of doing. And that was just one big play of many that he's going to have in his career. Who's the best team in the NFC West? You, you know, I'm, I'm still going to go with uh, with Seattle. Um, you know, I, I I really do feel like they're the best team, even though they they just uh, they dropped one and uh, Russell Wilson made some mistakes. But I still feel like they're the best team. We're talking with Sean Merriman, Lights Out podcast on iHeart. Encourage you to check it out. Uh, the Eagles. I mean, the entire NFC West is. I mean, sorry, NFC East is just a dumpster fire. Do you think the Eagles manage to win this division, or do you think somebody else can catch them? Can uh, can the Giants, I mean, who seem to be playing pretty well, uh, arguably should have maybe uh, beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just recently, got the win over the, the Washington team, and now they beat Philly? I mean, can the Giants catch them? You, you know, you hit it right on the head. I mean, it is truly uh, a <laughs> disgrace that's going on over there in the NFC. So it's almost... Uh, who can lose the most and still win, right? I mean, because yeah. you go out and you can look as bad as you want and you still have an opportunity to uh, get into the playoffs, which I said from the start, and I've been saying it for a long time, I just simply believe that that's not fair, um, that you got these teams that uh, they can have these losing records and still possibly find a way to get in the playoffs. Uh, but absolutely, I, I do think that the Eagles are probably going to come out on top of that division. Um, you know, they are, they are playing better as of late, uh, but at the same time, you know, who they're playing. You know, who, who really is the competition? The goal is to get in the playoffs. And when you play in a division like that, uh, that's so bad, all you need is uh, to get your foot in the door. And, and they look like the team is going to do that. Packers got to 7-2. and two. They didn't look impressive doing it. Uh, this comes on the heels of them not playing well against the Vikings either. Are you nervous at all about the Packers? 
Well, no, but because they got Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, you go back to the draft and look at some of the moves they made during the offseason, and, you know, them not drafting a guy that's going to help out Aaron Rodgers is going to bite them later on. Because right now he's struggling, and, and, and even though they got a, a win over at Jacksonville, wasn't pretty. They'll take the win, but that's not, you know, a, a great team that you're looking at right now. You're looking at uh, they're scraping by uh, against teams that they probably should be blowing out. We're talking to Sean Merriman, Lights Out podcast, as we roll through all the activity that took place on Sunday. Uh, one of the teams that obviously has been fascinating at the very top of the list that people want to talk about, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I'm curious what you thought about their performance against the Saints and then the bounce back where it seemed like everything went right for them offensively against the Panthers. How much faith do you have in the Bucks, who have been a little bit of a roller coaster here of late? Well, you know, I have a lot of faith in them, and, and, and partly because that defense. I mean, they, the defense continuously put them in uh, great positions. They're getting turnovers. JPP, that interception he had when he dropped in the coverage, I mean, that was just outstanding. They just giving the offense another opportunity to put points on the board. So, you know, I, nothing against Tom Brady. Tom Brady's been playing, you know, been playing good this year. This year, Mike Evans has been playing well. But I, the defense for me is what's going to take this team far. Got a wide-open playoff race going on right now. Um, We're not even sure exactly how many teams are going to be in the playoffs, but you start to look at at the way the playoff races could go, and basically everybody, it feels like, in uh, in the AFC almost is in the mix. You got nine teams that are six and three or better, which is uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, Meaning, you know, only seven of those teams would theoretically make it. Who do you is it is it the Chiefs that are still even though the Steelers are nine and zero are the Chiefs still the best team in the AFC? Well, well, they're definitely the most dangerous, right? That's the team you don't want to play because of Patrick Mahomes and what he's capable of doing. Because uh, you can never count him out, no matter what the score is, or what's going on. Long as Patrick Mahomes is taking the field, they got a shot. Now, when you go against a team like Pittsburgh, uh, they're so balanced. And, and and this is this is what's scary about them because they don't do one thing great. They just play great football across the board, all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, you know they coach very well, and they're still able to make big plays. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, man. I mean, he, he he's playing like he did five or six years ago. You know, he he has that fountain of youth right now. He's looking good. Why have the Steelers done such a good job at wide receiver drafting? Because, you know, you look back and you say, a lot of people said, oh my God, the Steelers are going to be in trouble. Le'Veon Bell's gone. Antonio Brown is gone. And it's like they haven't even missed a step. I know they had last year Ben Roethlisberger injured, but they were still capable of being a playoff contending team. What is it about their culture that works so well that even when they lose two guys who a lot of people would believe are two of the most skilled offensive playmakers in the league, they don't even blink? Well, if you look at how they drafted over the last 10 years, I mean, take it back to, uh, you know, guys like Plasco Bears, right? I mean, you know, they've drafted these type of wide receivers, uh, look and feel. They have a, uh, a great system set up where they're plug and play, you know, so they get these guys who are rangy, uh, who can make uh, the big play. And you get somebody like Juju who can, you know, command a double team and go out and make big plays himself. Then that other guy gets to be a star because you know Juju's going to get a double team or one of these other guys is going to get double teams. So they have a great system in how they go out and draft. They've done a remarkable job over that over the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. Good stuff as always, Sean Merriman. We will talk to you uh, next week. Keep up the good work on the Lights Out podcast. And thanks for getting up early with us. You got it. Thanks for having me. 
This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom slash sports to see their bridgestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom slash sports tirerackcom the way tire buying should be 
Big news uh, on Sunday in the world of college football. We've talked a lot about the college football playoff picture. But one of the big questions we've talked about is, would people lose their jobs in what is an incredibly difficult uh, environment business-wise for many different college athletic departments? And my general consensus was, for the most part, the answer would be no. And it still remains to be seen how many guys are actually going to lose their jobs. But the first really big uh, loss, I would say, in terms of an impact has occurred. South Carolina has fired uh, Will Muschamp. And Muschamp, a couple of stats for you here on Will Muschamp. 28-30 and 30 at South Carolina in year five there. 56-51 and 51 as a head coach. Uh, he's going to get paid around $15 million dollars to not coach any longer at South Carolina. That is a big buyout that is going to be headed in the direction of Will Muschamp. And look, I I don't know if I'll ever be fortunate enough to get fired and get paid a ton of money not to work. But if it happens, I want everybody out there to know you don't need to feel sorry for me. All right? Your life is going pretty well, I think, if you get fired and you get paid $15 million not to work anymore And I think it's even more noticeably difficult to comprehend that kind of scenario when there are so many people losing their jobs in athletic departments and sports and certainly around the country in a variety of different professions. So I thought that maybe there would be reticence on the side of big athletic departments to fire coaches, uh, even if they were not doing well this season, because it's just a budgetary crisis for many different athletic departments and without the ability to have uh, home attendance and everything else. Now, we don't know exactly how that $15 million is going to be paid. Uh, Maybe there's a a huge donor who has agreed to stroke that check that is worth a billion dollars at South Carolina. Who knows? Maybe they've raised the money behind the scenes, but it's not just that you're going to have to pay $15 million to somebody not to coach. It's that you're going to have to pay millions of dollars more to somebody to become the new head coach. So, who are the guys out there that could make sense for South Carolina to be considering? Now, in general, I would say this. A lot of times when you fire a coach, the next coach you hire is the opposite, right? So, if you've got a defensive guy and uh, it doesn't work, a lot of times you go get an offensive guy. And if you've got an offensive guy and it doesn't work, a lot of times you go get a defensive guy. That's just kind of the nature in which it works. A lot of times, same things happen in relationships. If you're dating one kind of girl or one kind of guy, you break up. A lot of times, you don't end up with the exact same person, fair or foul, because the expectation is that's not necessarily the best uh, choice that you could be making. Uh, You want something different. So to me, the name that immediately jumps out, and we've had him on this show several times over the years, is Liberty head football coach Hugh Freeze. Guy is sitting at 8-0 at Liberty. He's got him ranked in the top 25. He's already won at a pretty high level at Ole Miss. Yes, he has issues in his uh, background about why he lost the job at Ole Miss. Uh, It could be that there is some reticence at South Carolina to bring him in. We talked to, uh, you know, several different coaches uh, on this show of late who are having good seasons. And another one that could make sense is Jamie Chadwell, who was the head coach and is the head coach right now of the uh, of Coastal Carolina. And they are ranked right now. They're there in South Carolina near Myrtle Beach. He's got a lot of connections to the South Carolina area, Uh, but we'll see. 
And then there are other guys out there that I would think might get a call, but in general, probably wouldn't really be that interested in leaving. They might reach out to try to hurt Clemson and look at the offensive and defensive coordinators there. Uh, Brent Venables, even though he is uh, the defensive guy. And, uh, and, and, you know, they might try to steal away somebody to, uh, to try to hurt Clemson. I don't know if somebody wants to take that job, to be honest. So I, I tend to think that Hugh Freeze is at the top of this list. Uh, that would be my guess. Now, a couple of others. Louisiana coach Billy Napier uh, has turned down some other opportunities before. He's had a lot of success. He spent time in South Carolina before. Point is, if you're making the move right now, though, it tends to be a function that you want to go ahead and get somebody locked up before somebody else makes a move. Now, I don't know who that somebody else could be. Maybe you're looking up at Michigan, and my goodness, Michigan was just so, so awful. Congrats to Wisconsin for getting that win. But maybe you're thinking that Jim Harbaugh, based on the scuttlebutt that you are hearing in the coaching ranks because everybody talks, maybe you're thinking that Jim Harbaugh is going not to get fired, but just to decide not to return to Michigan And so if Harbaugh sort of rides off into the sunset there, that Michigan job may be very attractive. Maybe you think you're going to be competing for some of the same coaching candidates. And so as you kind of break that down, I think that's a pretty intriguing question to follow and think about why South Carolina has decided to make the move right now, given the fact that there's no real rush, you would think, uh, with Muschamp sitting at two and five, there's still three weeks left in the season. It's going to be hard to recruit because you can't really get normal visits, can't go out and meet with recruits in the same way that you would in a non-COVID era. So this was, I thought, a really intriguing move. And one of the questions that kind of jumps out to me is, are there other schools that are potentially interested in making moves that are now going to feel better about making a move because South Carolina has taken sort of the onus. They'll take all the hits of, oh my God, how do you fire a coach and pay him $15 million in this current COVID era when so many athletic departments are not able to make their budgets? And so as you kind of look forward with it, it may be a function that there are a lot of people out there that see South Carolina take the brunt of this criticism, and then they're willing now to make a move too and uh, and maybe it's after Hugh Freeze. I, I don't know. What do you think, Dub? Like, there was a lot of talk about Auburn potentially making a move. You are a big Auburn fan. You're an Auburn grad. Right now, Gus Malzahn's team, I believe, is sitting at 4-2. and two. In theory, they're playing against Tennessee this weekend, favored to win that game. It seems like it's relatively hard to make a move at Auburn right now. For some people out there, Tennessee, uh, with Jeremy Pruitt sitting at 2-4, and four, four straight losses, There's some discomfort with the direction of that program. Uh, There are people out there who would argue that Jeremy Pruitt needs to go, particularly if Hugh Freeze is available. Hugh Freeze has said before publicly that Tennessee is his dream job. Does South Carolina want to try to get ahead of Auburn or Tennessee in the event that something happens there and there's money to be made? I don't necessarily know that it happens, but if Tennessee finished three and seven or two and eight and lost eight straight games, I think some of the reticence to make a move because of the COVID issues would potentially not be as paramount. What do you think about Auburn as an Auburn guy? And what do you think about the idea of South Carolina? Now, one other additional you know, point of discussion is because of NCAA issues, 
SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey would not allow Hugh Freeze to work in the SEC back when several different programs considered hiring him as their offensive coordinator. Well, now he's been the head coach at Liberty for two years. What would the commissioner of the SEC say if someone tried to bring Hugh Freeze back into the conference now? Has he served his penance? Has he been away long enough? To me, this is a storyline that is going to be really intriguing to follow. What do you think about the Auburn perspective? Who would you hire if you were South Carolina? Well, if I'm South Carolina, I think you're right. I think Hugh Freeze is option number one. What he's done at Liberty the past couple of years is nothing short of incredible. When you really right. look at it, I mean, this season, they just, they're just they coming off a win last week against Virginia Tech, a good football team in the ACC. And Hugh Freeze... They've won two road games in the ACC. They beat Syracuse, they beat Virginia Tech, and I believe they still go on the road against NC State, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and when Hugh Freeze was on this program, I mean, he even admitted the talent on his roster is not that of an ACC of any ACC team because he's got half of his team are D1 guys and the other half frankly aren't is what he told us on this radio show. So the fact that he's sitting there at Liberty undefeated, I mean, he's got to be the biggest the biggest get this offseason for a team looking for a new head coach in my opinion. And and he's the exact opposite of Muschamp, right? I mean, you agree a lot of times when you go higher you go hire somebody who's the exact opposite of the guy that you're firing. So if you had a defensive guy, you get an offensive guy. Oftentimes you have an offensive guy, you go get a defensive guy. That's assuming that the guy is getting fired and not leaving for another job. You're not promoting with from within, things like that. So I do think it's intriguing to see what all the behind-the-scenes movement would be on, uh, on South Carolina. And I also think if I'm Hugh Freeze or I'm advising him, I'm not encouraging him that he needs to make a move right now, right? I don't know that this is a situation where you're looking around and saying, oh my God, you know, we've got to make a move right now if you're Hugh Freeze. I think you want to wait out a few more weeks in the season and see what other jobs might potentially be out there uh, because you could have more jobs open up than we think, again, because that sort of Band-Aid gets ripped off and somebody's willing to make that decision when it comes to a $15 million buyout. So I just think uh, that is intriguing to follow in general and see how exactly it all shakes out. But we'll continue to break this down. We'll even talk a little bit about this with Joel Klatt, who's scheduled to join us in the third hour of the program. He's also, Joel Klatt, a dancing machine. We'll see what the reviews were of his dance performance uh, that got some social media love uh, over the weekend. Regardless, when uh, we come back, we'll dive back into the big game between the Patriots and the Ravens. We'll also tell you what we learned, if anything, from a wild day in the NFL. How about that DeAndre Hopkins catch? If you are just waking up, that was utterly bananas. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? 
Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.